0: it's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them, 401-885-4209. You're listening to The John DiPietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It's Thursday. It is December 8th, and we're going to see where things are going to go with Governor McKee and his homeless problem. So, and but I say homeless problem is, well, they they definitely have caught the homeless advocates off guard by telling them they can't stay at the statehouse. And I want to be very clear. They, They don't belong at the statehouse. They never should have been at the statehouse. This was allowed to go on. The advocates now, I've been questioning, how do we really know how many people there are? You know, folks, there's a point where it's starting to, it comes off as ridiculous that these are grown adults and making all those demands. A big part of this, as I've talked about, is the demands they make and people that are making these demands, such as we want hotel vouchers, we want this, we want that, we want couples to be able to stay together in the shelter, all these different demands and all these different encampments and let's be very clear this is just for the next couple of months but governor McKee made a very loud statement you know he had been saying they were going to move 500 of these pallets homeless pallets into Cranston and Cranston Mayor Hopkins to his credit and also two council people spoke up and said whoa 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 we already have a lot of homeless people in cranston we don't need to have these pallets being set up a mini village and so what did governor mckee do he's sending a loud message you know the whole element of not in my backyard um that's coming through loud and clear with the fact they're moving them out by the way i i want to be really clear i'm not saying they should stay there i'm saying they never should have been there this thing is political It's always, it has been political. It was made political last fall. And let's also be honest Governor McKee didn't do anything because of the fact of the overtones of the election. But last year, when he had the tree lighting ceremony, they were outside. And that caused a problem with, at the time, it was the co op collaborative. So I think people, listen, by and large, people are sympathetic some of the demands some of these homeless advocates are making you know we want 15 million dollars and i think they said and we want that for 800 people well who are these people and how is that money accounted for and there's a difference as i've said this is beyond band-aids um i don't hear anyone talking about getting these people working and what the, the i want you to understand like everyone else you want to have safety nets we are the united states of america you hate to think that there are people and various people that sometimes as we say fall on hard times and the next thing you know uh they find themselves on the street many times it could be someone you know it could be a family member it could be a friend they are uh there's all kinds of different situations i'm in no way uh you know i i don't not understand i i've had people say that they ran into a, a terrible problem with addiction and there were homeless advocates that literally saved their life so i understand that but you have to understand there is a huge difference of what's going on we're going to talk about that and a lot more right here on the john petro show the next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care, they provide immunization, school, sports, physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare care alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services. And with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmedurgentcare.net you're listening to the john DePetro show folks it's weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's am 1380 99.9 fm and then you can always um you can always listen online as we'd like to say at the website which is depetro.com now certainly a lot of questions right now with exactly what's happening regarding the Republican Party and I think they people are starting to question the direction of the party Um, this all does fall under the loss especially of the senate um so it, it doesn't it doesn't bow well something needs to change the current decisions that are being made um i i don't know what's going to happen with the trump campaign uh because right now you know as the wall street journal points out if you take out 2016 president trump had a bad election cycle in 2018 he had a bad election cycle in 2020 and he had a bad election cycle in 2022 so he's been involved in four election cycles 2016 he was successful We know what happened in the other three. Something needs to be done. Um, I I think right now they are smart to kind of, uh, they're smart to let him kind of lay low and develop a plan of exactly where he wants to go with his campaign. I think that's the most important thing. So folks, we're going to talk with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd, right here. On the John DePetro Show. It's getting cold already this winter. Keep your family, your employees warm with Matthews Oil Company. Call them today, 401-942-7500. Matthews Oil Company, 24-hour emergency service. For over four generations, they make it easy to keep your home comfortable and safe. Trusted oil delivery. Call Matthews Oil Company today, 401 942 7,500 you can find them online matthewsoil.com matthews oil premier dealer of rhode island delivering the highest quality heating fuels at matthews oil they take pride providing reliable affordable service for you and your family celebrating 90 years of service call them now it's going to be a cold winter get that tank filled call matthews oil company today 401 942 7500 in an emergency they offer 24-hour emergency service matthews oil company 401-942-7500 folks you are listening to the john dipetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 it's a.m 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at our website dipetro.com joining us right now time for our legal segment he is our legal expert, one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. It is attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, let's start off with uh, we've had this situation, unhoused individuals, some that are unhoused, homeless. Others are advocates. But camping out at the statehouse, you know, this started last fall and then it would periodically go, out throughout, go on throughout the year. But, um, but on Wednesday morning, staff from the governor's office went and basically handed out sheets of paper to them telling them that the state house plaza if you will on smith street must be cleared out Uh, they'll give you a ride to a shelter they'll take your belongings they'll offer you transportation but they want them out of there now what's also interesting about this tim dot is they cite this provision which i believed was in place i know it was a year ago where you're you're not supposed to sleep overnight at the state house these people are saying they're protesting but at first blush how does this are they going to be able to successfully remove these people out of there?
1: Well, I think legally, at the end of the day, the state has the right to move this encampment out, John. Um, they have no tenants' rights. They are not squatters by definition. They are simply trespassers. Of course, it's, it's a public space. It's the state house but when they stay beyond the terms of what this local ordinance says about sleeping over on statehouse grounds, whether you're sleeping or whether you're awake all night protesting, um, I believe that activity is properly something that the state can move in to remove these folks. I expect that before Friday, um, there'll be some move made in the district court or potentially the Superior Court to get some sort of a restraining order um, to stop this all from happening. Um, that would be a situation where I think the courts would be, uh, the uh, the plaintiffs in such a case would be preying on the court's uh, sympathies uh, more than the applicable law. Um, you know, we're approaching Christmas time. The shelters are all full. There are certain logistical problems in getting these folks once they're moved off the statehouse grounds into appropriate facilities. Um, but I don't think the state and its employees and uh, the governor and the statehouse um, have the magic answer to all the societal problems that right. result in this type of homelessness or unhousedness or whatever you want to call it. Um, Might they get a short reprieve? Might they get a stay if they file something in court? I know they're looking into it. They might get a a short reprieve so that they are allowed to fully brief the case. Um, You know, they would look at that as a victory, that they beat the system, they're getting to stay. But at the end of the day, whether it's Friday or a week from Friday or two weeks from Friday, um, I think legally... Um, the state has the right to remove this encampment from the statehouse grounds because of the, um, the law, the rule, the ordinance, whatever it is that says you can't sleep overnight on statehouse grounds.
0: Tim Dodd, it, it essentially they're just going to enforce the law. What about the argument of, hey, you've, you've let us do it this, this long, you can't start enforcing it now?
1: Well, that's not a legal argument. Um, <laughs> you know, to, to say that you've sat on your rights and therefore you waive your rights – um uh, it's not a winning legal argument again it might be good fodder for the media it might be a good soundbite for the six o'clock news but it's not a good legal argument
0: and finally when when these individuals because not of them all of them are homeless some of the homeless advocates that are protesting but when they say you know you have no right to kick me out of my home just because someone puts up a tent on state property that it doesn't make it their domicile or home that just happens to be where they set up a tent for that particular day or night or week or whatever it is
1: no it's 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 not a home and even if it is a home i guess you could drive around the country pulling a trailer you know and say that's my home good for you that's your Mm -hmm. home but it doesn't give you rights to the ground under which you are putting your tent or your trailer or your rv so just because it's the place that they say is home doesn't give them rights to stay on property that they don't own and have, folks, no, have ten, no tenancy. Yep. You know, there's, they have no legal color of the law to be there.
0: It's, it's seemingly more, Tim Dodge, just at different times, the state seems somewhat lax in removing them from whether it's an underpass or wherever. But ultimately, the side is on the state of the law. The governor... Uh, the, the What have you at the state house? They have the right to move these people out of there.
1: Well, yeah, John, and yeah. I think that during this election cycle, these folks who were staying on the uh, the statehouse grounds had a pretty good idea that nothing would happen to them till after right. the election, because sure. no politician would want to be seen as the person uh, moving so we, them all out. Yeah. But the election's over,
0: folks. Again, we'll speak with our legal analyst, attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, my next story moves us to Cranston. There's a young woman, college student, apparently, um, she's an amputee, and she goes to this salon on Atwood Avenue, I believe, and then um, they have some kind of a program where you go a certain number of times, and they stamp you a card. Well, she's going, and she gets a manicure, and then the, the person at the salon says, well, you don't qualify, because we only do one, one hand of yours, because you are an amputee. You don't have two hands is there they're not trying to claim that it was you know a communication uh, mishap what have you but is there some kind of is that an element of discrimination that sh, that they're saying well you know you don't qualify for the program because you only have one hand that we're doing the manicure for
1: well the the um the news article was a little confusing yeah and if it's been reported accurately I don't think this is truly a case of discrimination. From what I understand is this young lady, as a baby, because of some infection, had to have one of her hands um, um, surgically amputated. So now she goes in periodically to this nail salon and has whatever they do, um, nail polish, the the whole manicure deal. Now, apparently, she pays half the price Great. Because obviously she's having half of the work done, and apparently they have some sort of a frequent guest program where they stamp a card, right. and apparently they do they stamp her card every other time, which all seems pretty equitable. Hey, we're yep. working on not two hands, one hand. We'll charge a half. Hey, sure. you know you're not getting the full service, so we'll stamp your card every other time you come in. That all seems like a reasonable accommodation. Now, the, the complaining individual says that when she presented her card or asked for the discount, the young person who was giving her the manicure said, no, we only give that to people with two hands. Now, <laughs> I, I, I find it difficult to believe that such a blunt statement would be yeah. made. Now, the owner of this nail salon jumps in and says, This was a language issue, right? This was a miscommunication issue. Now, I'm not about to generalize about the ownership of the salon or who works in these salons. But I know a lot of times the salon workers English is certainly not their first language. No. And the words spoken could have been garbled in the translation, but it sounds like this business has worked with this young lady who has unfortunately just the one hand worked with her. We'll charge you half. We'll stamp your card every other time you come in. It doesn't sound like a place which is practicing discrimination. And you know, the owner said, why don't you come in? We'll have a sit down. We'll talk. We'll make it right. Uh, the young lady says, I don't know that I'll go back there, but it does sound like a business that's made a good faith attempt to deal with a somewhat unusual situation yeah. and perhaps had an employee with a language issue who don't, didn't quite say the words in the right way, but said those words, it seems to me, without a discriminatory intent.
0: Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Legal expert turning Tim Dodd right here on the John DeVito show. This is the perfect time of year to have some paving done for your home, residential, commercial, seal coating and patios. Make it letter J, J Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Call them today for a free estimate, 401-732-1730. The next couple of months, get your driveway prepared for time. Call J Perry Paving today for a free quote, 401 401- 732-1730. license and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients' needs, no matter how big or how small, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed Call j Perry Paving today affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing, remember, even asphalt can be recycled, reused, call them for a free quote, letter J J Perry Paving, look for them on Facebook and call four o one seven three two seventeen thirty. Remember, no one's better to veterans than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Free estimate, J. Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. We're speaking with our legal analyst, it's attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story about CBS, I think this is interesting because many times, different times of the year you go in, and whether it's CVS or other places, but I certainly notice it with CVS where they say, oh, and you just press that button if you want to round up or if you want to give the change or whatever it is, donate to um, whoever the charity may be. I always just decline it because I I just I do enough on my own with various charities. But anyhow, but apparently there's a lawsuit being challenged in CVS that did get a lot of attention. And if I understand this properly, the way it's framed is that they guarantee a certain charity? We're going to give you ten million dollars, and then so when the people are donating, it's actually not CVS; it's coming from from their customers, and that it doesn't seem like it's fully explained or vetted out. So take take us through that a little bit.
1: It, it clearly is not explained and, no. and and made clear to individual shopping. As you correctly said, this is one of these deals where you go to the register, you swipe your credit card, there's the button, do you want to round up? Then there's another screen that'll say, do you want to donate? I believe in CVS's case, um, it was the American Diabetes Foundation. And the, the difficulty for CVS is they made a corporate commitment to the national ADA over the course of three years to donate, I think it's $10 million to uh, the American Diabetes um, Association. I think it's ADA. So one would think from corporate accounts, corporate profits, corporate whatever, over the three year period, they're gonna donate a total of 10 mil. Now what happens is customer goes into CVS they press the button that says yes i'd like to round up and donate you know up to the next dollar to the ada so one would think well then my money is going to go through cvs but directly to the ada but cvs has that money go into an account and that's the money that cvs is using to pay their 10 million dollar obligation It seems to me that CVS, standing alone, owes the ADA $10 million, and then whatever customers choose to donate is a separate tranche of money, and that tranche of money should not be utilized to offset CVS's $10 million obligation. It does appear to be a um, deceptive, at the very least, if not fraudulent, practice that CVS is using. You know, they got their customers ponying up what they think is a direct contribution and it's being used to pay CVS's obligation, which seems completely inequitable.
0: Yeah. And if anything, Tim, it would seem that that they that the money would be on top of what CVS is already donating, not in essence, it's they make the commitment and then the customers fulfill that.
1: And they fulfill it not knowing that that's what's happening. That's, that's the deceptive or misleading part. Is it fraud? Um, You know, the lawyers for CVS say, well, if you go to our website and you look at what we're doing, you would understand that when you make these contributions, you know, that it's going through the CVS portal, so to speak. But if you're at the register and you're being asked to donate to the ADA you don't have any of that background material. You just think if you press the button that you know the change that's part of your bill and you're rounding up to the the next dollar or however they do it is going directly to the ADA, and it's not. No, so
0: it's actually it completely
1: yeah it's yeah. completely unfair and it does seem like a like a bait and switch. Is it fraud per se? Not sure. Is it misrepresentation? Looks like it. Is it deceptive? Certainly looks like it. Yeah. Um, and I think that the lawsuit has legs. I think, you know, many times corporations, you know, poo poo these lawsuits. Oh, this is frivolous. Oh, there's no case here. I think there's a case here.
0: Yeah. And and on top of that, um, it's not <laughs> like I don't believe the individuals looking for money. They just want this clarified. And a number of people lit up this started I think it was an MIT student that brought this out on, uh, on Twitter. Tim Dodd th- this uh, next case now we had talked about this when it happened. this was in the, the aftermath of the whole varsity blues, the college scandal where parents were were paying this individual to get them in. we also then you know Gordy Ernst we, we talked about this this case though uh, in, in credit to it was really from the Boston Globe and, and someone that tipped them off on a home that sold way beyond seemingly what it, what it was worth. And now that we're starting to peel this back with this fencing coach uh, that was at Harvard that uh, then got, ended up getting this condo at Cambridge, and you have this very successful man that wanted his two sons to get in. And, um, and so the trial is, is happening right now with Peter Brandt. And, and it's interesting as we're finding, talk about no honor among thieves, but we're starting to dig in a little bit with um with inside the the case in some of the, the goings-on in the background
1: yep this this case goes back to 2019 and when the story first broke it was really a head scratcher like here uh, you're right peter brand is the harvard fencing coach and this guy from um i think maryland his yep. name is jack Zhao. Wanted to get his two boys into Harvard as uh, and get on the fencing team, so Peter Brand starts. It it would appear, or it's alleged, that he was shaking down Zhao and getting into this deal to get kickbacks and money. And this individual who was also in the fencing world named Alexander Rijek, right? Rijek, I think R Y J I K. Um, was sort of the intermediary so zhao the guy that wants to get his kids into harvard does the following this peter brand had a house somewhere in the massachusetts suburbs worth yep. let's say 400,000 zhao comes along and pays him like 950,000 hmm. <coughs> excuse me which makes no sense needham. no sense the
0: house was in needham yeah
1: So, obviously, when he buys this house for way, way over fair market value, Brand gets to pocket about a half a million dollars. Now, Zhao says, well, I did it because I wanted to get the guy enough money so he could buy a house closer to campus or some ridiculous story. The proof that this was all a scam was that Zhao sold the house like two years later for like, $200,000 Two hundred thousand dollars, and took a loss of a couple of hundred thousand dollars right. from the original purchase price. It was all preposterous. Oh. Now, Brand then started shaking Zhao down, saying, uh, "I want seven point five million dollars to get this done." Oh. Um, Zhao was funneling money through this guy Rijic, and. Rajek only turned over $100,000 to Peter Brand. Peter Brand starts emailing like an idiot, putting it all in writing. Where's the rest of my money? I want my money. This has to be worth my while to be doing all of this. And naturally, the prosecutors have all of the texts, all of the emails. And it's pretty apparent that Zhao was lavishing money and gifts on this guy Peter Brand, the coach, yeah. the coach, um, to curry favor to get his two kids into um, Harvard wow. to be on the fencing team. Now, Zhao said, "I was just trying to be helpful." Um, I, I don't think their defense. What I've been reading so far is holding water it would seem to me that brand and Zhao are likely to not do so well when the jury comes back on this thing the middleman alexander Rijic, um he got an immunity deal so yeah. he's not going to go to jail or be prosecuted in exchange for his testimony now he flipped and as we know, the people that flip typically get the best deals. That's been the history of this whole um, Varsity Blues case. Yes. So the defendant's main thing is to beat up on this guy, Alexander Rejic, and say that, you know, you're lying, you'll say anything to keep yourself out of jail. Um, naturally, this guy who's the middleman denies it. Oh, no, I'm not doing it for that reason. But it seems to me that the paper trail of preposterous, you know, paying way over market as a way to bribe brand by buying his house for huge dollars, brand putting in writing how he wants the rest of his bribe Mm. paid to him. You know, what do we say frequently on your show? If you put it in an email, if you put it in a text, if you put it it's there forever so before you hit that send button make sure that you'd be happy for the rest of the world to see what it is you're you're typing about and i think that the 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 chain of correspondence in writing between brand and Regic, as well as this guy zhao is what's going to lead to brand and zhao not being happy with the jury's outcome
0: the coach and the father, just for everyone. Yes, down, what about this business where then the father says, Hey, I was just letting, you know, we're friends. I, I was lending him some money. He repaid it. That sounds like something that anytime someone gets caught in a, a bribery situation, they could just say, Oh no, no, I, I was just lending him the, the the money. He was then gonna pay me back and so forth. Any any thought if the, I I don't I don't know how that holds up.
1: This will never hold up in this case. No. There was a case no. a few months back, if you'll recall, where a dad was acquitted. Yes. The, and what his deal was, is he was a wealthy guy. Yep. And he said, hey, this college favors accepting the children of wealthy parents and parents who donate substantially to the university. Yep. So he could say that wasn't a bribe. I was making a gift to the college to induce them to accept my kid. Now this happens at colleges all over the country and that's never seen as a bribe, but it kind of is the parents. Oh, guess what? I'm going to endow this chair in the, uh, in the history department. How much does it cost to endow a chair? A million dollars. Here's your check for a mill. Was my kid going to get in? Sure. Your kid's in. So it's kind of, a different side of the same coin where that sort of financial contribution is not seen as a bribe but as a gift or an inducement um it is different but they are kind of the two sides of the same coin one being mm. criminal one being not criminal but this is the type of thing that goes on in higher education
0: yeah i also before the break just want to point out to listeners that uh that this middleman talk about no honor among thieves so the the father donates one million to the middleman's charity and then he only gives one hundred thousand to the coach and says no i'm keeping the other nine hundred thousand. so at, at that point what what is what is the the coach going to do go to the police and say hey that guy he kept my one million dollar bribe much more ahead with attorney tim dodd right here on the john DePietro show <laughs> The Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Cohesit Inn. We're speaking with our legal analyst, it's attorney, Tim Dodd. Tim, this next story, you know, it seemed pretty clear cut, clean cut at at the very beginning. It was a woman ran into a liquor store on Broad Street, uh, leaves a car running. And then this passerby said as he got distracted in his car, he suddenly saw the car drive off and he realized the car had been stolen. Good Samaritan starts following the car. I think calls 911, uh, tells the police, yeah, that's, you know, I saw the guy run into the mall and the child's in the back seat so everyone's happy and then he positively identifies that's the guy that i saw run out of the car the police grab him he's held overnight they bring him in court the next day good samaritan seen as a hero they go back the guy they grabbed said "I, you got yeah, guys you got this wrong i was inside the mall the whole time check the video it wasn't me i was in the mall uh, and and he is irate and it turns out they had to cut him loose he was in fact inside uh providence Place ball so the sus- suspect is still out there tim dodd could this individual i think he's from east providence uh no from providence branch avenue that he you know was detained picture videoed him on television could he potentially have you know could he have a suit against uh the city or the providence police for, for that
1: well anyone can sue anyone for anything sure. but do i think he has a particularly good case not, not really. Mm. I mean, the cases that turn into big numbers is when the wrong person is taken to trial uh, and is found guilty and is in jail for 10 or 20 or 30 years right? Uh, based upon, you know, um, many times, for instance, I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere, but let's take Beaver Tempest case. Yep. He's saying that he got convicted, you know, 25 years ago or whatever it was, because the cops phoning up the evidence and intimidated witnesses. Now, if in fact a defendant loses at trial, is sentenced to prison, and it's ultimately determined that you know, the cops were dirty, they, they phoned up the evidence, they intimidated the witnesses, etc., that person, if and when they get out of jail, because the system realizes that it made a mistake, that type of person should be well compensated because they've lost years of their life. In this case, there was every reason to think that this was the same guy. Right. I think that one of the cops who took this particularly seriously, do we have the right guy or not? What, what is this? Um, noticed that the guy in the video from the liquor store and the guy that they ultimately arrested and there was video of him in the, in the mall looked very, very, very similar. The same size, same height, same mm. look, same hair, same skin tone, same clothing, but they had different sneakers. Huh. So a cop spent the extra time to say, uh-oh, yeah. the guy in the video from the convenience store has this type of footwear. The guy in the mall, and the guy that we picked up, has this kind of footwear, something different. And that was, I think, the final piece of information which led the the cops to say we're letting this guy go we're dropping the charges he's the wrong guy um which was obviously the right thing to do unfortunately the real suspect is still out there somewhere
0: Tim Dodd Michael Avenatti 14 did did, you were you surprised at how much jail time uh disgraced attorney Michael Avenatti in the beginning he was on CNN he was going to run for president he had Stormy Daniels as his client uh, he was everywhere at one point. What a media blitz! Are you surprised the amount of time he's getting?
1: No, um, it, it, there's many factors that go into these cases, especially when it's a lawyer who is the defendant and is accused of taking money. Let's and it never makes it right, but it's mitigating. Let's assume lawyer <clears throat> um, embezzles money from a client. It's a crime. That lawyer should go to jail. But if the lawyer says, listen, you know, my kid was sick and I had extraordinary medical bills and I don't know what else to do. You know, that that's something that's an extenuating circumstance. It doesn't forgive the conduct, but it's mitigating. The judge in this case said you weren't doing any of those things. You weren't supporting your children. You weren't sending them to school. You weren't supporting a family. You weren't supporting your parents. You stole all this money from people. And some of the people had mental infirmities, physical infirmities, um, permanent injuries from um, significant personal injury settlements, and you stole their money for the simple purpose of living a lavish lifestyle, to have a big house, to have a private jet, to have all the toys and the accoutrements and live a lavish lifestyle. That's why he got dinged, John, for such a significant uh, criminal sentence, and... He represented himself. He ran out of money. So he's representing himself at trial. And even though he's already in jail for a five-year bid on one of the other uh, trials that he went through, you know, he comes across as arrogant, um, high-handed, not contrite, not apologetic, none of those things. And I think that his conduct in the courtroom, coupled with... What he did with the money that he stole from these people who had been badly injured um, led the judge to throw the book at him, so to speak. And I think the judge was well within his rights to do so, because, you know, this is a bad guy.
0: Folks, we speak with our legal analyst, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, how serious is this defamation suit against Fox? It sounds like it's, it's uh, growing increasingly uh, tension between the two camps.
1: Well, the media likes to say that it's going somewhere because it serves a narrative. But putting that aside, it's the same issue that um, Dominion is going to have to a degree as um, uh, Devin Nunes is going to have. It's the same problem that Sarah Palin had when she brought a defamation lawsuit um, There's got to be a showing in a case like this, I believe, if the media is allegedly um, um, slandering someone or a company like Dominion, is to show actual malice. Now, I haven't gone back and watched any of the actual reporting, but if a person on Fox News says, in today's news, uh, Sidney Powell filed a lawsuit alleging that Dominion did blah, blah, blah. If if you're reporting what somebody else is doing or saying, I, I don't think Dominion gets anywhere. But if someone like Sean Hannity is up there saying, well, you know, Dominion, you know, if he's making direct accusations Dominion did this, and Dominion knew that the software was bad, and Dominion participated in corrupting the data, if they're making direct statements that accuse Dominion of bad conduct, they they could get to the point where they have a money damage case. It's just a very high standard with these libel and slander cases uh, when Dominion is looking for damages. Um, do I think there's a potential that they will hit if it goes to trial? Yes. Do I think this will settle? No, because I think Dominion wants to make a point and to you know, drag Fox through it. And if I was Dominion, I'd probably want to do the same because their business was hurt. They yeah. lost contracts. They do this um, voting software all over the world, literally. So you know, when this type of reporting comes out, they can demonstrate tremendous monetary damages, huge, um, you know, far more in terms of monetary damages than, let's say, Sarah Palin could have ever shown. This is sure. a case that the damages Dominion suffered are in the multi-multi-multi-million dollar range. Yep.
0: Folks, again, let's with our legal analyst attorney, Tim Dunn. Tim, um, this is a story that we have talked about. And what are we to make of that Pawtucket has now, in fact, settled their suit with these, about political signs with the ACLU? Well, yeah,
1: we we did talk about this. And clearly when any city or town has these local ordinances that say, you can't put up a political sign, you know, you can't put it up. It's got to be within 30 days of the primary or different towns have had different standards it all violates the First Amendment. It all violates free speech. You know, I could put a sign in my front lawn right now saying, you know, whoever the candidate might be, so-and-so for president in 2024, and I could leave it on my front lawn for the next two years, and that's free speech. Yeah. I, and if there's any ordinance saying you can't do that, that ordinance is unconstitutional. This is the same thing that's happened in other cities and towns i think tiverton had one of these cases if i'm not mistaken yes. there's been about five or six municipalities which have tried to do this and they lose every time and in this case um, the complaining candidates were represented by the aclu the aclu participating attorney was richard Sinapi, who's an excellent lawyer um, he won is, is there's compensatory damages for these two candidates. I think they each got like 500 bucks or a thousand bucks. But then if the ACLU attorney wins, that attorney gets paid for their costs and legal fees. And I think his bill was something in the $18,000 range, which is pretty modest by litigation standards. But when cities or towns lose these types of cases, they pay money damages to the plaintiffs, and they pay lots of money to the attorney who represents. So they should have pulled the plug on this a long time ago and cut their losses and not have such a big bill to pay. Mm-hmm. Now Pawtucket's ting to these two candidates who are both successful. You know, in the interest of good government, we think you should not take your mo- monetary award. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you, crazy?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Too late now, folks. Again, he is our legal analyst. We're going to leave it there. Attorney Tim De- Tim, excellent job as always, and we will talk to you again.
1: Thanks, John. Take
0: care. Remain healthy. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for on Facebook, but call her 401 305 3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk, herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skincare. It's my health. Poppin' and C Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie 401-305-3585 diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant. There's no limit to what you can do outside with your property folks call limitless outdoors today 401-580-1852 get a free quote and let them go to work to show you how you could use all of your outdoor living space limitless outdoors they specialize in patios walkways they did a fantastic job with my steps how about an outdoor kitchen or landscape lighting Retaining walls, lawn installations, excavations, Limitless Outdoors, and also inside. Limitless Outdoors could also offer indoor stone veneer services. Update your indoor fireplace or kitchen. Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Look for them on Facebook or call 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream build enjoy get the most of your property both inside and out 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors based in smithfield rhode island folks remember for all your tree service well you want to call yankee tree call them today 401 439-6028, propane plus in rhode island for all your propane needs call them 401-885-4209 in massachusetts you can reach them at 508-252-3359 propane heating and cooling 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 the cooey set in 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesit Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesit Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesit Inn.